Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I do consider it just a great honor to be able to share with you this morning and um, just to be able to sit under our pastor is a great honor, really. Um, And I want to take just a few minutes and honor some other very special people in our house. Um, Our kids' crew in this house and in Carlinville and Mount Carmel, they are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. Um, And then, yes, yes. And then another group of people that we don't see on Sunday morning, we do see them, but they do ministry on Wednesday night, and that is our MOVE crew um, under Pastor Chris. And so just very thankful for what is happening there in our students. It is wonderful. Um, we, we need that ministry. And so we're very, I'm very, very thankful for what they do. very, very wonderful people. Um, It is a great honor and privilege to serve alongside of them. They're very faithful and very passionate and fiery and fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, I just want to open us up with prayer. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for a fun morning, Lord, of baptisms and worship in your presence. Lord, I surrender to you and yield to you and submit to you. Whatever you want to say and whatever you want to do, I yield. Lord, I'd I'd give you permission to speak freely through me this morning. Lord, I do thank you so much for what you are doing in Rhodes Kids. Lord, I thank you that our children get to have powerful encounters with you every Sunday. Lord, we just thank you for your fire that is blazing through this morning in our kids. We love you, Jesus. We open our ears to hear and our eyes to see everything that you want us to this morning. We love you, and we pray in your name. Amen. So um, so I feel like this word has been stirring around inside of me for <clears throat> about a month, but when I started kind of putting things together, the Lord said, actually, let's go back a little bit further. So um, in December of 2022, I was just praying over Rhodes Kids, and I was asking him, like, Lord, what do you see for 2023? What does it look like? What do you want us to do? What is the focus? And I heard one sentence, and then I heard, like, a whole word. And so I felt like he just wanted me to read that this morning. So he said, it's time to train like never before. The days of lethargy and apathy in my church are over. It's time to lay aside every weight that is hindering and slowing you down. It's time to train and train hard. It's time to arise from your slumber. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time. Do not delay. Fix your eyes upon me and do not be moved. Set your face like flint. Behold your king, the king of glory, the light of the world, the lamb of God. It is time for your light to shine and for love to be poured out. It's time to walk in power and might, to walk in victory with your beloved, your king. 
Do not delay. It's time to focus. Do not be distracted by the world with all of its distractions and lusts. Lives are at stake. Remember who you are and why you are here. It's not to fit in. It's to stand out. Kings will come to the light of my glory shining through you. It's time. It's time. It's time. The hour is late. The day is near. You must be ready. You must be equipped and fully trained for the battle ahead. It's time to strap on your boots, suit up, get your armor on, and be hidden no longer. The true sons and daughters of the kingdom will arise. It's time to arise and shine. So arise and shine was our theme for family boot camp this year. And we built it on Isaiah 60, arise and shine. Um, but this is the Lord's heart for his kids in this hour is to be trained, fully trained and fully equipped because they're already a part of the body of Christ. They're already a part of the army of the Lord. They just need to be trained fully and equipped. And so as he was speaking all of these things to me, he was just telling me that there really is a war going on. Like it's not coming, it's here and we are in it and our kids are in it. They're not excluded because they're little. He comes at them because they are little. That's his reasoning. That's the target. He doesn't say, oh, today I'll just, I'll just loosen up a little bit on them because they're, they're little. Nope. He doesn't do that. He is full on all the time working it with every evil. It says every evil, dark, demonic thing he, put, he throws at them. And then the Lord, so he's telling me all these things that the enemy is coming after their heart, their identity, their calling, their purity and innocence, their courage and boldness, their freedom, their joy, their inheritance, and their life. Ultimately, he's coming after their life. That's it. And so he's telling me all of these things. And then I heard him, I knew he wanted to ask me a question. And when, he, when I feel that coming, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really want you to ask me a question. Because usually it makes me tremble or cringe or something. And it did. And so anyway, his question, after he's showing me all of these things, he said, is my church going after my children with all she's got? And he's serious about this training. He's very serious about it very serious about it and he wants us to understand that they are a part of our body and they are necessary and we need them and so um, we are going to go to the word because he took me to um, a place in the word um, a couple of passages and so it's in three of the four gospels and so we're going to look at that and I want you to know that this is about children but it is in the word so it's for all of us, whether we have kids, don't have kids, whether they're little, whether they're old, it is for all of us. So we're going to go to Matthew 18. Yes, Matthew 18. The Lord reminds me that. He's very intentional also. It's very intentional. 
with what he says, when he says it, how he says it, who he says it to. So in Matthew 18, this is who is the greatest. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And so I began, when he took me here, I started really studying. And when I'm studying, I'm looking at it in different translations, different. I'm like, what does the Greek mean? What does all this mean? I'm putting it all together. And so something very um, interesting is that in verse 3, the little child, that word, Jesus would have spoke this in Aramaic. And it means two things. It means little child, and it means wounded lamb. So those listening to him would have heard both of those things, that you are to become like a little child and a wounded lamb. That's Jesus. We are to become like Jesus. And um, we are to become humble like him and like children. Children are very humble. They have no problem saying, I'm sorry. They have no problem forgiving. They do it very quickly. Do they not? They do. Okay. Um, And this word receive, we're to receive them. It means to take with the hand, to hold up, to receive or grant access to, not refuse friendship, to receive into one's own family, to bring up or educate, to receive favorably, to give an ear to, and embrace, approve, and not reject. And this is how we are to receive children, is in that way. All of those things. And when we do that, we're also doing the same thing with the Lord. When we receive them in his name, we are receiving him. We're granting him access to us. And we're saying, I want you to be my family, my dad, my brother. I want you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to give my ear to you, and I'm not going to reject you. All of those things. In Luke, when I studied this, in Luke, the same account, in the Passion Translation, it says the disciples began to argue and became preoccupied with who would be the greatest among them. And the Lord highlighted that word preoccupied. Because I think sometimes we can get very preoccupied with ourselves and what we're doing what we need, what we need in the moment, where we need to go, what we're doing is, can, can become preoccupied with that. And in that moment, Jesus sees all this and he grabs a child and sets the child in the middle of them before he speaks. And he says, you need to be like this. You need to be humble. That is the greatest. He says the least will be the greatest. And that word least means smallest in size, small and little by age, birth, younger, or least in rank of influence. And the Passion Translation says, the one who is least important in your eyes is actually the most important one of all. Even though they're little, they're still a part of our body. Toddlers, 
infants. They're a part of our body, the body of Christ. And the Lord started speaking to me about the body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 25, it says, It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. And he has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. Our kiddos need to be actively engaged in the body. In Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says that there are many parts with a unique function and that they are all vitally joined to one another, each contributing to the others. Do you know that our infants can contribute to us? They can, and our toddlers. We're going to get to that in a second. But we need them. I think the Lord wants us to understand that we need them. It's kind of hard to look at that maybe sometimes like, well, how do I need a baby that can't talk? But we do. We do need them. Um, so Jesus I was, I don't know how long ago this was, but it was one morning in prayer. And I had this vision. I was with the Lord and I, I was on a battlefield with him in a valley. And he had the bride and he was carrying her over and he set her down. And she was wounded. She had wounds all over her. She had been in a fight. And the Lord was mending her. He started putting band-aids on her and ointment and oil. And he looked at me and he said, will, will you help me? And I'm like, yes, yes. And I, I remember I'm wiping her off. I'm wiping all this dirt off of her and everything. And then, and then I hear and see all these little children. And they're coming to her. And they have little, they have flowers and they have little... Um, things that they made, letters, little toys, and they're all coming to her, and they start kind of like fussing over her in a good way. They're like, oh, you're so pretty, and looking at her dress, and, and um, you know, making her giggle, and she, and she smiles really big, and she's watching them and listening to them. And then the Lord smiles, and he says, the children are going to help heal my bride. We need them. And I believe that we will see God move through them. Signs, wonders, miracles, healing, things we have never seen before will be done through children. They are that powerful and he intends to move through them because their hearts are surrendered. They're humble, they're teachable, they're not proud. So he will move through them. I believe that. Um. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's continue on in, in uh, Matthew. This is verse 6. It says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. That's a really big warning. And so... This causes to stumble. The Greek word is um, skandalizo, and it means to put a stumbling block before. 
to offend, to see in another person what is to be disproved of and what hinders from acknowledging that person's authority, to entice or cause to sin, to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey, to cause one displeasure at a thing and to make indignant. The Lord is really serious about how we lead children, about the example that we are to them. He wants them trained up in the way, and that that is this, and we have to walk it out for them because he wants them trained this way. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different paths, but this is the only way. And he wants them to know that this is where we know how to think about everything. This is our filter, right? This is how we know how we think about friends, how we think about our parents, how we think about God, how we think about dating, how we think about when I'm mad, what do I do with that? It's right here. And this is the answer, and he wants them to know that. He wants them to know relationship with him. It's all a part of the training. This same account in Mark uses, in the Passion Translation, uses the word abuses. And in the Aramaic, that means confuse or mislead. He does not want our children confused about anything. And there's a lot of voices and opinions right now trying to confuse them and mislead them and take them off the path where they're going to stumble and they're going to fall. And that is not his desire. He continues to talk about things that would cause offense, what our eye does, what we're watching, what we're looking at, what we set before them to look at, our hands and our feet, where we go, what we do. He says, if all of this is going to cause you to sin, it's better off if you don't have it than to go into hellfire or get all rid of all of it and enter into eternal life. So he's very, very serious about this. And he continues on to talk about the lost sheep. And I know a lot of us have probably heard that, but I, I feel like the Lord just had me focus on this, that the child in this conversation with the disciples from who is the greatest into the warning, the child has not left. The child is still in the conversation when he is talking about the lost sheep. Okay? He says in verse 10, we're going to jump to verse 10, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that he is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so... It is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That word little ones means child. And this despise in the very beginning is a very strong word that the Lord uses. In the Greek it means to reject, to dismiss, to treat as unworthy, to think little or nothing of. Why does he say this? 
because it's possible that we can despise a child. It's possible that we can think lesser of or we can dismiss them. What you're doing, what you're saying is not as important as what I'm doing and what I've got to say. And he doesn't, he doesn't want us to do that. He's, and um, so then, hmm, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He does not want them to be led astray. If we dismiss all the time and we're not pouring in, there's a lot likely of a chance that they'll take some other path. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So the next place the Lord took me to is Matthew 19, uh, 13 through 15. It says, Then little children were brought to him, that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. So this um, laying on of hands that he might lay his hands, the root word in the Greek means to set, fix, establish, purpose, and ordain. Ordain is a really powerful word. It means to invest with authority, to establish or order by appointment, decree, or law, to destine. And when I heard that word ordain, I immediately thought of the psalm. Psalm 8-2 it says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. He has ordained strength out of the mouth of infants (laughs) against his enemy to silence the enemy. That is a crazy power. All out of their babbles, their cooing, their praise, one translation says, they have been ordained, put in authority with strength to silence the enemy. We need that in the body. We need that in the body of Christ. I don't understand the fullness of all that, but I know enough to know that we need their voice. We need the babbles. We need the cooing. We need all of those things. This account in Mark says in the Passion Translation that the parents kept bringing their children to Jesus. I love that. So there was parents that were bringing their children and then more came and more came and more came and more came. We should all do that all the time. Bring our kids to Jesus. And it says that the disciples kept rebuking. And then the Lord drew my attention to this. It was not Pharisees that were saying, stop it. It was not worldly people that didn't know Jesus, didn't know what was going on. It was his disciples that were rebuking what was going on. And that word rebuke, that's not, hey, Jesus is a little busy right now. Do you think you can come back tomorrow or maybe later when he's not as busy? They thought he was busy and this was bothersome is what they thought. This rebuke is a severe or formal criticism 
a strong disapproval, to criticize sharply, to reprimand, to turn back and keep down. And Jesus did not like that. It made him become indignant, the word says. And that word means showing anger because of something unjust, unworthy, and mean. And it also means grief and greatly afflicted. That's what our Lord was feeling when all of that was going on. Something very powerful I also discovered when I read this account in Luke was that the word babies, infants, means an unborn child, embryo, fetus, and a newborn child or an infant. And I thought, there could have been mothers, pregnant mothers, coming to the Lord and asking for him to bless their baby in their womb. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait until they're born to start speaking life over them, to start speaking identity over them. We do not have to wait. From that moment on is where we start. We don't wait. Jesus says, let them come. And that come means to arise, to come forth, to find place or find influence, to be established, to become known, to follow, to go and grow. And that's what Jesus wants our kids to do. He wants them to arise. He wants them to follow, to go, to grow. He talks about their faith. They don't doubt. Children don't doubt. You can tell them whatever when they're little and they believe you. Do they not? They do. They, there is no doubt. Doubt is learned. Doubt is learned and it is taught. It is not something natural that we are born with from, as a child, a baby. And he says that's how we receive the kingdom. We watch them receive and we do the same. And that word kingdom, that's a powerful word. It means royal power, kingship, dominion, authority to rule over a kingdom. The royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah and to reign. That's what he wants us to do. But we do it in humility and with a teachable spirit. That is how we receive that power. This, this next thing was probably the most exciting thing I found when I was studying this out. And my spirit was like, ah. <laughs> So if I was a kid, I don't, you know, they don't have filters. So I'd be like running around the room and bouncing like Tigger and shouting and ah, laughing probably. I did a lot of that <laughs> when I was reading it. So, um, but in Mark and Luke, both, it says, They brought their children to Jesus that he might touch them. And in the Greek, this means to fasten fire to a thing, to set on fire, to kindle, to light. These parents were bringing their children to Jesus so he would set them on fire. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, well, no wonder the enemy is rebuking it. He knows what's happening. He sees what's going on, and he's rebuking it. They're coming to be set on fire, to be light. And so this also, the Lord also reminded me of a vision I had 
probably around a couple of years ago, I'm here in prayer in the morning, and I, in the spirit, I see this arrow go by, and it's on fire. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then I see another one, and another one, and another one, and there's just like a mass of them that goes by. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, Jesus, what is that? And he said, that is the children. And I'm like, whoa. So our children are arrows, right? And they've been set on fire by the Lord. We should never hinder them from coming to him. So um, the other part of this I felt like the Lord wanted me to share was um, just a little bit of, I, I know I've seen and heard a little bit of just some wrong mindsets of children's ministry in just over the past few years, even in myself, the Lord has been like, uh-uh, that's not what it is. I know you've seen that. I know you've done, heard that, blah, 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 but that's not what it is. So um, I feel like he wanted me to just share a little bit, kind of like what First Corinthians, like love is this and love is not this. So children's ministry is this and it is not this. So children's ministry is not babysitting. It's not. Is not child care. We are not watching kids. We are not entertaining kids. It is not little church. It is not a shusher. I heard that one time. I don't know. It's, it's not. Whatever it is, that is. It's not that. It's not a place where we drop our kids off so we can get filled up in here without their distractions. It is not that. They are not a distraction. There is no big church and little church. There's not. There's just church. Because there's no big Holy Spirit and little Holy Spirit. It's just Holy Spirit. That's it. So we are having service in here, and they are having service in their rooms. That is, there is no difference. We are all coming to encounter and meet with the Lord in the same way. And we, we need our children operating your gifts. We need them trained, okay? Um, so I feel to share with you what the Lord has, what his heart for Rhodes Kids is. So we have a vision statement, and I don't know if you know it, but I feel it's important that you do. So our vision for Rhodes Kids is to connect and partner with parents and families to help guide and lead our children in their journey with Jesus, to equip and train mighty warriors for his kingdom. We believe God wants them to know him, love him, love his house, and love his people. Rhodes Kids Children's Ministry is a place where our children are discovering and learning about our Heavenly Father, that we're created by him and for him. We are learning about Jesus, our Savior, our friend and King, and the promise we have in Holy Spirit. In every classroom, we are providing and modeling praise and worship, teaching biblical foundations from the living word of God, and providing powerful prayer and encounter opportunities. As our children grow in their relationship with Holy Spirit and begin to discover gifts, we provide opportunities for them to practice and develop their gifts in service. Our children are not only learning the importance of connecting and growing in relationship with God, but also with each other as the body of Christ because we need one another, right? We do. So I feel the Lord asked me to share some testimonies with you. 
Because I think it's important that we have communicated that we have a need. Every once in a while, we turn kids away. It is important for you to know that. But I also feel like the Lord told me that it's really important for you all to know as our, the family here at the Rhodes, what God is doing in the kids' ministry and how he is moving. It is very, very powerful. Very powerful. And so a lot of them, um, they see in the spirit. They see, they will see fire on people. That's the Holy Spirit. Um, They've seen a dove coming and landing on the church. That is the Holy Spirit. They see angels. They see angels here, at home, at school, at Walmart. They also see the demonic. They can see in the spirit. Our toddlers can see in the spirit. They can see when what it is and, and what it's not. Um, they know what Jesus is doing in the room. They can tell you when he is roaring like a lion over a situation, but when he is giving someone a hug that's brokenhearted. They know when he's being silly. Jesus loves to be silly and to have fun, and they can tell you exactly what he's doing. Yeah, it's okay to laugh about that. Like, Jesus likes to be silly and have fun. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, and I think it's important for us to know that um, even from my own personal childhood, that um, to not always assume that they're checking out or not paying attention or daydreaming and that we would be careful to not say something that they are seeing or sensing is just their imagination because there is a real spirit world and they can see it and that what we're trying to do or communicate in front of them is not always as important as what they're encountering with the Lord that we would ask questions hey what are you looking at buddy where where did you go what are you doing what are you seeing that we would just ask questions and then listen and not always assume that we have to stay and do and all the things because they have a lot to say and we need their voice. We need to hear what they're seeing. We need to hear what their encounter is with the Lord. And I feel to encourage us that sometimes during prayer or worship we'll have toddlers running around and they're really excited. And I think... It's wonderful because we don't know what they're seeing. We don't know what's going on in their spirit. And to not always assume, oh, they're being so distracting. That's not the case. It's not the case. And I think for us to realize to put our Holy Spirit ears on, that's what we tell them. They're putting Holy Spirit ears on and putting eyes on. And we're seeing in that way. So we're running things through a filter of Holy Spirit and not just what we perceive or what is going on in the natural. They hear very well. I think they probably hear and see maybe more better than a lot of us do. (laughs) They're just so pure. They don't have all this junk like we do. Um, They're very prophetic. They practice giving prophetic words in class. Um, and so, for instance, in the alley, when it's their birthday, we, we ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to this person for their birthday? How can we bless them? And they hear like that, and they share. 
They'll see a picture. Well, what does that mean? And they know what it means because they just ask and they receive. It's very simple. Um, They have prophetic words for the group or for individuals. They can read your mail and make you weep. They sure can. (laughs) In Adventure Avenue, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, in in prayer, we were talking about how Jesus is the light. And one of our five-year-olds says, well, Jesus has to shine his light through us or else we can't find our way home. And I'm like, mic drop. Teach the class, please. So good. So then the next week, the very next Sunday, all of our power goes out in here, right? (laughs) The very next week, and we have service in the foyer, and Melody Nelson comes and gives a word and, and talks about how Jesus is the light, and he's leading us to his front door. Our kids hear very well. They do. Absolutely, they do. A lot better than we, than we know. They receive words of knowledge. They'll say, I feel like somebody in here has a headache. And who in here has a headache? And they shoot their hands up and they come up and we'll have lines. Okay, this person here, they had a word of knowledge for headache. This one here, um, their, their family is um, having arguments. This one here, um, they, they're really sad because they lost their cat. This one here. And they line up and they come and they receive her prayer. They don't, they don't, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed to come forward and receive. And they will lay hands and they pray and they receive peace and healing and they receive all the things. Sometimes we don't get to the servicing kids either. We don't get to the message. He's ministering to them through them. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Last Sunday, Um, at one of our campuses in our baby room, one, two, three-year-olds, we had a crew member who had some breathing issues. And another crew member said, well, I think that the kids need to pray for you. And so she's telling the kids, you know, we need to lay hands on her and we need to pray. And they did. And after they did, one of our two or three-year-olds said, well, you're healed because Jesus said so. And then the next day, she's better. So the Lord is moving through toddlers. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. In our one-year-old room, we are not just watching and playing with babies. We are worshiping with them. We are praying over them. We are praying over them, their home, their family. We are praying over parents. They're getting the word. They're learning that Jesus is my friend and he loves me. That's powerful. That is so powerful. We've got two-year-olds who wake up unprompted saying, Jesus said, follow me, declaring the word of the Lord in their home to their parents. It's amazing. We need that. We need that reminder. We need that. They know how to pray the word. If somebody's dealing with fear, they're like, well, you need to pray. I do not have a spirit of fear. The Lord has given me a spirit of a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear, go in Jesus' name. They know how to do that. They're being trained in this way. They give testimony. Jesus healed my broken heart last week. Well, I'm sad too. Okay, well, come here. Let's pray. And they'll pray. But they give testimony. This is what Jesus did for me this week. Jesus healed my arm. And they understand the power of sharing that. And they they know how to exhort one another. We're warriors. God's raising up warriors in his army. They know that. And it's so important. So powerful. Their worship is beautiful. 
absolutely beautiful. They will, they will extend their hands. They will sing so loud. They will lay on their face before the Lord. They'll lay their body on the altar just encountering Jesus. It is amazing. It is amazing. And our older ones are leading. They're already leading. We have kids who we recognize there's leadership in you, and we're giving them opportunity to lead. They're leading worship. They get to lead in reading of the word. They do their own transition when they have prophetic word. They're praying over each other. They are already leading. They're already in the army operating. We are training warriors. So this morning, I want to encourage you that there is a divine opportunity for you, all of us. Um, it was a, probably a couple of years ago, and Brian Hyber, one of our kids directors, sent me a word. I think it was on Thanksgiving morning, actually. And um, he, it was from, uh, it was a quote from a book, and it says, um, don't, I don't want to get it wrong. Every child you encounter is a divine appointment. That's a really powerful statement. And if you remember, it's a divine appointment because when we receive them in the name of the Lord, we are receiving him. May we not dismiss that divine appointment. May we not dismiss the Lord through a child. If you're a parent, you're a grandparent, you have built-in Timothys. We've talked about discipleship. You have them, they're built in. Even if they're two, especially because they're two. It's built-in Timothy. And the Lord wants us to know that in this hour, there is urgency with our children. It has to go beyond what we're doing ourselves, because we could choose to sit in our own home and pour into our own family and that's it it is bigger than us it is much bigger than us and he is calling us up and out all of us we all have a role to play there's a divine appointment for every child and he also says that they have to get out of the ankle deep water. Matt Scott was here and he mentioned that ankle deep water. They're prime for the picking in the ankle deep water. That can also be milk. Our kids can eat meat. They just have to have it cut into smaller portions, right? That's how that naturally happens. They get to eat meat, but it's just cut small. They don't take a whole steak and shove it in their mouth. <laughs> so for us, when we're eating meat, we've got to cut it up for the little ones to eat it. The Lord reminded me of a word, prophetic word that he gave me. that I would deliver many children 
out of the fires of hell. And I would declare, not on my watch. He reminded me of that. And I think he's asking all of us, will you declare that? Not on my watch. Not on my watch will they be primed for picking. It's not someone else. Someone else will do it. Some other day, next Sunday, next month, next year. There is an urgency in this hour. And I don't say that to bring fear, but out of obedience, I feel the fear of the Lord in my heart. And reverence. I know I am a voice and an advocate for them. And that he's asking us to get serious because he is serious. There's not time to waste. May we not be the generation that grew up after Joshua because that generation did not know the Lord or his works because those older did not intentionally take the time to pour in, to talk about the Lord, to talk about him along the way while we're sitting in our house, while we're walking along the way, we're going to bed, we're getting up, putting it on their doors and their walls. We are in the last days. May it not be said of us. Paul says to Timothy, remember what you were taught from your childhood, from the word. It can impart to you wisdom to experience everlasting life through the faith of Jesus, the anointed one. We need our kids to remember what they've been taught from their childhood, from the beginning, not waiting until they are older and we think they can understand. It says, remember from childhood. We need that. And the Lord reminds me that there's a lot to do. There's a lot left that we have to do. So if you would just stand with me. I feel like the Lord wants to do a few things this morning with this word because may we not just hear it and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear it and not do anything. We have to do something. We can pray for our kids, but we also have to do something. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.